Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Good morning, Lori Garrow. Good morning, Lori King-Taylor. How are you doing today? I am absolutely peachy. I thought you were going to take my fantastic. Nope, I had to throw you off there. (laughs) Perfect Southern expression. All right, so Lori, why don't we spend some time today talking about goal setting? Because it's that time of year when we're starting to wrap up our tasks for the year and looking at what we want to accomplish next year. And I don't know about you, but I am so ready for this year to be behind me as long as that means that we don't drag all the ugly of this year into the next year. 2021 will be a much better year. And really, it can be all about what you decide to focus on in 2021 that can leave 2020 behind you. Exactly. And I think setting goals are the way to make 2021 be the kind of year that you really want it to be. And it also gives you something really positive and exciting to look forward to. So goals are the perfect way to not only set our intentions, but to actually live our intentions out. And intentions are something I love and pay attention to a lot. So I look forward to, as we get going, really diving into what intentions have to do with goal setting. Well, and I think for me, intentions are, we all have these things, these woulda, shoulda, couldas that we want in our life. And we we think about them and we dream about them, but without really putting action to them, we find ourselves another year gone And we haven't achieved any of that. We haven't actually lived our intentions. We, let's say, I wanted to get my PhD by the time I was 50. Unless I put the action to it, I'm going to turn 50. I'm going to turn 51. I'm going to turn 52. And I'm still sitting around thinking, wow, I really wish I had my PhD. Those wishes. And wishes don't get you anything in life. No, not without action. So we can have wishes as long as we put the action behind it. Exactly. So setting goals gives you long-term vision, but it also gives you that short-term motivation because it focuses your acquisition of knowledge and helps you to really organize your time and helps you um, organize your resources so that you can make the most of your life. One important thing that I want to put out there about goals. Goals are not about quitting something or losing something. And I know when I said that to you earlier, like, what do you mean? <laughs> and, but when you explained it, I knew exactly <laughs> what you meant. And that 
you know, we often hear people say, my goal is to lose 10 pounds or my resolution is to quit smoking. And that's not what fuels a goal. It's what is on the other side. What's the best thing about losing 10 pounds? And I remember I set a goal a few years ago, and it was a fitness-related goal. And it was that I intended to be hiking in the Rockies with ease by a certain date. And in preparing for that, I lost weight. I became more fit. So the pound loss was a fantastic byproduct, but it was the anticipation of that exciting thing of hiking in the Rockies that kept me going. And you just said a really key word there. You said it was the excitement of hiking in the Rockies. And we talked a lot about how our brain works and that when information enters, it enters into that limbic or that emotional part of our brain. And when we can make our goals emotional, when we can think about how we would feel when we accomplish those goals, we are more apt to stick with it. So when you are thinking about hiking in the Rockies and you feel excited, you're more motivated to do what needs to be done in order to reach that goal. Yes, yes, yes. So, and the same thing would go along with the quitting something. It's the, it, quitting something doesn't make us excited. It doesn't really sound fun, does no, it? No, it, it's what's on the other side of that, right? That makes it more interesting. So, quitting smoking. Mm-hmm. So, when you're setting your goals, I like to look at keeping the end in mind. So, what is that big picture of what you want to do with your life. What is the large goal? What's the end in mind? So for you, the end was hiking in the Rocky Mountains. And so we look at that overall, but then we have to start coming backwards and saying, okay, what do I have to do in order to be able to go hiking in the Rocky Mountains? It's just not something I'm going to wake up and do tomorrow. Right. So we have to make sure at that point we start breaking our goals down into much smaller little segments. I call them bite size. Oh, that's very good. I said it one time, and I think it was even my master coach that said it to me. It's like, make the actions so small that you can't not do them. It's a crazy little double negative, maybe even a triple negative. But seriously, it's... It, you. You can't not do it. It's so small, so doable. And if you have a lot of those, you're going to get to the goal. And it also gives you small steps that you can do on a more daily basis. So let's even say you want to buy a new car at the end of the year and you want to pay cash. So I'm going to, I need to have $20,000 so I can buy this car with cash. That's my goal. And coming backwards, if I'm going to buy the car in 12 months and I need $20,000, how much money do I need to save every month? And then you break that down again in how much money do I need to save every week? And then you break it down even further. So how much money do I need to save 
every day. And when you look at that, what you need to save every day, it's so small that it doesn't seem as overwhelming as, oh my gosh, I need to raise $20,000. And it might make it more realistic if you say, wow, I need to save $5.85 a day. And you're like, okay, then I'm just not going to go to Starbucks and I'm going to have my car. Oh, <laughs> don't like giving up Starbucks. Even no, if it meant a car. I actually can give up Starbucks. Okay. Love my coffee, but I can give up Starbucks. So when you break it down though, and it's that small, you might see a really easy way to have success. Well, and that that's the real picture here is being able to, you have a large goal, but when they're in really small bite-sized pieces, it doesn't seem insurmountable. It really seems doable. And that's motivating. And the success of doing each of those small ways, you, you have that consistent over and over acknowledgement of I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And it keeps you going, it keeps mm -hmm. you fueled. Yeah, and if you're one of those people that like to check things off a list, you can look at, did I save my $5.85 today? And you can check that off the list and do your little happy dance. Again, the emotional, bringing the emotional into it. I did it. That's one, I'm one day closer. And then your next day, I'm one day closer. Right. I see these actions that we're saying, look, they can be simple and they can be doable and let's celebrate them. And Seeing our actions as two different types, seeing them as cleanup actions and very specific goal-driven actions. The cleanup actions are just to, to illustrate, say you went to the soccer field and you were going there to, to play all out. And when you got there, there was litter all over the field. Are you and your team going to go out and play soccer with litter all over the field? I guess it depends on who the team members are. <laughs> <laughs> My team would not. <laughs> exactly. You would want to have a clean, clear playing field to be able to play your game. So if you see your goals as you're playing your game all out because you want to hit that goal, then the litter needs cleaned up. So sometimes there are things that need to be cleaned up before you're ready or before you're fully able to realize that next level goal. So it might be for my, my say my Rocky Mountain journey, I might need to catch up on my doctor appointments. My foot's really been bothering me. Maybe I need to see the podiatrist and make sure I'm, I'm all clear. Some of these cleanup things that could get in the way if I get there and I'm, I'm not quite ready. And I think that's one of the main reasons that I really encourage my clients to start in that October, November timeframe. Really, I prefer that October timeframe to get your goals sealed. This is what next year, these are my goals for next year because it gives you a couple of months to start cleaning up some things before you start working on next year's goals. Right. And to, as you're committing those goals to writing, making sure you write both types down, don't take for granted your, want to remember what the cleanup goals are. Well, you said another key word there is to write it down. 
And that's key with goals in general. You have got to write them down. And like you said, put them in your, you know, write your actionable um, down as well as writing your goals down because that really seals it. It makes it, when you write things down, it makes it a little bit more permanent. And I know we talk a lot to our leaders and, and we think a lot about in the workplace. And, and, but when I'm working with clients and we talk about, okay, what are their goals? We do a lot of strategic planning. What's the strategic goals for the organization? But then we look at each individual. Okay, now that we know what the goals are for the organization, what are your goals related to the organizational goals? I really try to hone into my clients that you are a whole person and your work is only one part of you. And so when we start working on goals, I like for them to look at the whole picture and become a really balanced individual. So I encourage them to set goals, not only professionally. So look at your career and what you need to do there, not only within the organization, but outside, you know, what's your, your future goals for your career, but what are your financial goals? What are your educational goals, your family goals? Um, what is your mindset goals? So there are a lot of different areas that you could look at. You talked about physical pleasure. You know, do you have uh, a goal to go to Italy next year? Uh, and then community service. So looking at your whole self when you're writing goals and not forgetting those parts of you. And that is key because how many times have we been given goals? So you're, in a corporate environment and anytime throughout your career, somebody has said, these are your goals. This is what you need to hit. And at the end of the year for your performance review, I need you to report on how you did against these goals, but they didn't have a lot of juice because somebody else gave them to you that really didn't sink in for you. There wasn't that emotional attachment but when you can think about it holistically and have a more well-balanced approach to goals for different aspects of your life, then you can get behind it, right? And goals don't seem like a four-letter word. Exactly. And to our leaders who are listening is to take into consideration when you are helping your team to set goals, get them involved in the goal-setting process making goals out for someone and giving them to them to do, there's no buy-in there. Like you said, there's no emotional attachment to those goals. But sit down with your people and help them together come up with their goals. So there is buy-in from them. They feel authorship to those goals. They become them because they had input into those goals. Right. So, we talked a little bit about, you know, goals being emotional. We're more likely to obtain our goals or to work hard towards our goals if we're setting goals that really motivate us. So, again, you know, coming back to does losing 10 pounds motivate you? Or is there another way to say that I want to be able to hike the Rockies that motivate me? The other thing is to make your goals smart. Smart. And there's, there's 
it's some old TV show, and I can't remember what it was, but it was a, a sitcom. And then- here. Okay. So the S in SMART is specific. You need to make your goals very specific. How do you know if you've actually accomplished the goal if your goal is not specific? And it is that it's a good tracking is the M. They've got to be measurable. Something to put, you can check off the actions that this is definitely happening. Mm-hmm. And, and so an example of something that is measurable is I'm going to prepare for the Rocky Mountains. I am going to walk five miles a day. You can measure five miles and you can measure a day. So you know at the end of the day if you've walked five miles because it's very attainable. And you need to make sure that your goals are something you can actually attain. So can you realistically hike the Rocky Mountains on July 31st? Yes, that is an attainable goal. Can I be the first woman on the moon? Probably not. Not really an attainable goal. (laughs) And for the A, I am all about in the attainable, still make sure it's a stretch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Challenging is different than attainable. It might be challenging to hike the Rocky Mountains, but it is attainable if you put the work into it. Being the first woman on the moon is challenging, but also probably not very attainable. (laughs) So make sure it is something that you can do, but push yourself. Absolutely. So the R is relevant. Relevant is my favorite area because I work with a system called Life's Intentions. And when I have goals that are wrapped around my intentions. That relevance is there and it propels me. So I mentioned earlier that it was a, wasn't about losing weight. It was about physically fit and healthy. That's my intention. And that's what makes it relevant. So when it's hard and I'm having obstacle after obstacle trying to get ready for this trip. It's that something I can grab onto that keeps me going no matter how frustrated I might become. And so that intention is what makes it relevant for me. Right. And then the T in smart is timely. Set a timeline for you. I forgot what your timeline was, but let's say it was July 1st was your timeline to hike in the mountains. So you're working towards that. If you don't have a timeline associated with it, it can just kind of sit there and spin because there's no deadline that you're working on. So we need to make sure we know, here's my goal and here's when I plan to complete it. I'm going to hike the Rockies July 1st. I'm going to raise $20,000 to buy a new car by December 31st. So you know when you've reached that milestone and you know what you're working towards. And like we said earlier, beginning with the end in mind, that date is very important. That timeline is very important in knowing what the end is and working backwards. And when you're an organizational leader, 
if you've done your strategic planning, you know what that end is in mind and you can be backing into things. And as you're, as you mentioned, wrapping that whole team in and making sure they're involved, it gives everyone a big oomph wanting to be a part of that success. Yeah. And and when you're working with that team, I love to, I'm a very visual person. So I love to see that kind of timeline and you can work with your team and say, okay, here's our timeline. Here's when this goal has to be met. How are we coming along on that? And you can kind of see, you know, I know a lot of fundraising things we've done. We've had the fundraising goal at the top and you kind of color in the thermometer as you go up to see how close that you're getting to that. So the same thing, here's the timeline of when certain goals need to be met. We're going to release a new product by October 1st. You know, where are we coming? And and being able to color in the little thermometer kind of um, it, it gets that excitement going because whenever you can color it in and you see you're that much further, it gets people um, excited about the fact that we we're gonna we're gonna make it. We're gonna accomplish that goal. I was working with a team and they had, there was an IT professional as part of the leadership team and, and we were doing this goal setting and we were doing all this planning and we were saying, how are we going to track this? How are we going to see our progress to keep us all going and know when one of the areas may be out of balance and we all need to, to gather together and move it forward. And the IT person said, well, we have a dashboard on some of these things, why don't we update the dashboard to include all of this? And literally, he was behind the scenes in our meeting and bringing all of those elements forth from all their system data so that at any time it was live data, they could log in and see their dashboard. How were they doing toward these goals? So it really kept them motivated. That is excellent. I love that. Anytime you can make an action plan, you can set that in motion and then you can see it as it's happening. You're really going to generate that emotion to get your goals accomplished. And then I think really the final part of goal setting is having an accountability partner. Crazy important because once you say it out loud, it's hard to go back on it. It really is. And I I have a great example of this. Um, I have been wanting to write a book for a while, but I haven't told anyone other than my husband who gives me a gentle nudge every now and then. But I happen to be at lunch with one of my friends and she's just huge supporter of my career and what she does. She loves what I do. And we were just sitting and talking and she was asking me, you know, what my aspirations were. And I just kind of in passing mentioned, you know, I really want to get this book out on this such and such topic. She took a hold of that and did not let go. My phone is full of text messages. How's the book coming? Where are you on the book? How much did you write today? How much are you going to write tomorrow? When are you planning on publishing? <laughs> a good friend and a potentially annoying one. <laughs> but it, it really does stress the importance of once you've said it out loud, it is far more likely to happen. It is. And, and for me, in this particular instance, it doesn't happen in every instance. It kind of brings that back up to me. I'm not actually sat down and done my SMART goal around it. I need to do that now. 
but it keeps bringing up that excitement to me too. It's like, oh yeah, I did say I was going to do that. But also I respect her so much that I don't want to let her down. Now that she knows and she's excited about it, it's kind of, there's that emotional tie to it. And I know it's, it's more important for me to do it for me than for her, but there's also that emotional uh, tie to it as well. And you've just told me that you need to make it into a smart goal. And guess what? You're going to make me do that today, aren't you? I am. <laughs> Are you going to be my accountability partner? I will. So why don't then we wrap up and you tell us what are some practical solutions for extraordinary leadership when it comes to goal setting? First off, begin with the end in mind. Take small, actionable steps. Keep it all smart, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. Look at your whole self and make sure that you have goals in all the areas that you want to bring forth. And the key to success is an accountability partner. So I guess that's all for now. And we need to go write some SMART goals, huh, Lori? Indeed. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit Upward Solutions CC.com. Until next week.